Welcome to the Words That Change Lives podcast, helping leaders, coaches, and small business owners to 10 times the impact of their message. Join us as we delve into the art of powerful language, enabling you to speak with unwavering honesty, communicate authentically, and create a lasting impression with every word. This episode is called Candid Conversations and the title of this particular Candid Conversation is Purpose Driven Words. And I'm speaking to an amazing guy who I met when I was the curator and speaker coach at TEDx Mosley back in 2021. We selected Cordell and coached him to deliver a talk on the TEDx lineup and I was completely struck by his talk and his story and how he uses his words to impact other people. And I wanted to speak to Cordell on this particular podcast because he epitomizes that. Uh, He uses his story and the words in his story and telling of his story to inspire so many other people to find purpose. And so that's why we are talking today. A little bit about Cordell. He's an award-winning entrepreneur. He's an international speaker and a mindset coach from Birmingham. And he has used his adversity in his early life to become the unstoppable force he is today. He grew up in inner city Birmingham and he faced vast challenges around crime and drugs. He ended up being expelled from school and moved to the Caribbean and spent a year there in this new raw environment. And he learned so much from that experience, which was a real turning point for him. Since then, he has progressed beyond all expectations and is now the founder of multiple successful businesses and an international social enterprise. And in this episode, this candid conversation, we really explore Cordell's story and this notion of purpose-driven words and how we can use our words to help unlock purpose and inspire other people to progress in their own lives, to share their own stories. Uh, Cordell and I have a lot of synergies in what we do. We help people share their stories. And it's finding that purpose or unlocking that purpose, as Cordell states in this conversation, that can help you really drive yourself forward in your life, achieve things that you never thought possible whilst understanding certain rules, which he lives by, which he explains. So it's a really great one. It's a really inspiring one. And I really hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Hello, Cordell, and welcome to the Words That Change Lives podcast. Great to see you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me here today, Helen. So this episode of Words That Change Lives is all about candid conversations. And I really wanted to talk to Cordell today because uh, this episode title is called Purpose Driven Words and all will be revealed as we chat to Cordell. But I really want to kick off, Cordell, by asking you what words have influenced your life both negatively and positively? Words that have... I would say, I'd say words that have kind of impacted me negatively is probably just, um, you know, I remember when, you know, just being told that you're not going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. I heard that quite a lot growing up, in, well, growing up in school. Um, you're, just, you're just not good enough because I'm dyslexic. Um, so I struggled a lot with my education. So I was always kind of like behind my peers. Um, and back in my day, there wasn't much processes or much like, you know, systems to help, you know, young kids like me. So I was always kind of just told, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. 
you know, probably play sports or, you know, go down that route. Um, so those kind of words, you are not good enough is something that I would say negatively impacted me. Mm. Um, words that positively impacted me were, you know, one, okay, one word that's impacted me the most that I can think of at the moment is polarity. Um, polarity is my favourite word. It's not a negative or a positive word. It's a word of balance, which means that in any situation, whether negative or positive, you can see the hidden order and you can see the divine order with it. And I just love that word and it's impacted my life so much because sometimes, you know, uh, when you try to be too positive, you're actually attracting the negative. Uh, and, you know, when you're negative, you're in kind of a depressive down state so the best way to be is to be balanced to be poised and you know to, to equilibrium you know just have that balance and polarity shows that it just means that there's two sides of everything hmm lots to unpack there the first thing i want to ask you about something that's quite close to my heart at the moment is um is you know is my son actually is, is struggling at school how did those words you're not good enough shape how you navigated your way through school and what happened after that? Yeah, well, I believed it at the start, right? Because sometimes when you, you know, you got get those negative kind of like things told to you, you can believe them. And at the start, I just believed, well, I, I'm not good enough. I'm dyslexic. I'm struggling. And I felt like I was struggling. So at the start, I focused on that. Like, you're just, you're just not good enough. And I put my energy into that. So then, I kind of started to just rebel against the education system. Um, and then that led me to being worse than I actually was. And then I ended up rebelling, getting into trouble, running around crowds. And I just thought, well, you know what? I'm not good enough. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? And then I ended up getting kicked out of school, unfortunately. Um, by the time I was in year nine, and I left with no qualifications at all. So that was quite, that was quite difficult. And, you know, my mom, she tried to support me as much as she could. Um, and then my mom, like, you know, she she values education quite highly mm. and because I got kicked out she then decided to send me to the Caribbean to you know try change my perspective on life which you know was an amazing experience for me and it, it did have a massive impact on me as well so I would say I believed it and at the start you know I just started to act like the words that was being told and that's understandable, isn't it? Because that's the what they call the golem effect, right? If somebody in your environment expresses a belief about you that's negative, you take that belief on board as true. You then start behaving to fulfil that belief and then that seals the loop on the belief for you and everybody else. And Exactly, because that's exactly what happens, right? Your, your thoughts, they determine, you know, your beliefs, your beliefs determine your actions and your behaviour. So, yeah, that's that's 100%. So the significant moment for you was going away, going overseas. Yeah. And spending time. Uh, was, was it fa with family? Yeah, so my mum, she decided to take me away from my surroundings and my environment. She thought that would have been good for me. Um, so I left to go to a small Caribbean island uh, called St. Kitts and Nevis. And, you know, at the time, you couldn't imagine Helen. I'm like, you know, 15, you know, I'm quite popular at school, had my first girlfriend and everything like that. Like, I did not want to leave at all. But, you know, my mum, she was very strong-headed lady. And, you know, we ended up going. And whilst I was there, it was it was a massive culture shock because I seen people with not much still strive for everything that they had. And they had, you know, the, like, there was just no excuse over there. It was like, 
this is the route we're taking and we, we have to achieve it or else this is what we need to do to survive. And just seeing that and seeing everything that I actually had in the UK with opportunities, um, I just thought, you know what, when after I do my time here, when I get back, you know, I'm really going to turn things around and I'm not going to let nobody's opinions of me determine who I am or my reality. Uh, because that's what we do most of the time. We take in other people's views and opinions of us and we start to believe it. But you have to be, you have to just bet on yourself and believe, believe in yourself. You do. So it sounds like that experience and that um, contrast and perspective was able to help you um, change that loop into a more positive self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, which they call the Pygmalion effect, which is the opposite. It's more the positive loop. You have the positive belief about yourself. You then start acting that again, then gets reflected back and that seals the loop on the positive belief. Well, that's it. And that's what, that's what happened. Like, mm -hmm. I think my perceptions of myself, my kind of, you know, lopsided perception started to balance out when I went over to the Caribbean because I'll see people that, you know, looked like me as well, striving, and they never had much. And then I just thought, well, I've got so much opportunities back over there, back in the UK, you know, you know, why am I not just executing them? No, like, no matter what anyone says. And then, you know, it was I was there for about a year and a half and it really changed my life, the way I thought about myself. And yeah, then... From there, I came back to the UK, started to read a lot of books. 16 years old, I was reading books like Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Power of Now. And now I'm starting to understand, you know, affirmative words and how important they are for, you know, your mind and, you know, your body and the way you, you know, you walk and talk and, you know, believe about, you know, how to be seen in the world. And yeah, that was, that was a massive, massive change. So let's go back to that word polarity. Because... I think quite a lot of people struggle to actually understand that, to sort of grasp exactly what that means. And you said that actually, if you think too positively, if you have positive self-talk, if you use positive words, that can attract negativity. Yeah. Yeah, well, what I mean by that is, you know, I think we've all done it. We've all got those affirmations, you know, I am happy, I am healthy. And... It works for maybe a few days until you start feeling negative again. You know, there's universal laws and one of them is polarity and one of them is called the law of uh, vibration, which means that the energy has to go up and down, you know. Um, and the, the law of polarity just means that everything has two sides. It's the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. You know, there can't be no peace without war. There can't be no good without bad. There can't be no up without down, no cold without hot. Like, you have to have two sides of everything. And, when you think about pretty much everything around you, there's always two sides of it. You know, everything is pretty much, you know, jolly nature. And I feel like when you think too positively and try to, you know, deflect the negativity, mm. you know, the negativity will, the universe will bring you back into balance, oh, you know? Okay. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, I'm sure you've had loads of situations, loads and loads of good situations and things are happening for you. And then, all of a sudden you have this one situation that just brings you back down again. Yeah. Yeah, and we've all had that. And that's just the universe trying to bring you back into balance. But what you've got to do is instead of being overly positive and, you know, living with these fantasies and these infatuations of things, you know, or instead of living too negatively and living down in a pit and living depressed, the best way is to just be in the middle, in the centre, where you can have a balanced mindset and no matter what happens to you, what bad event happens to you, you could always find that hidden order that 
you know, the goodness in mm, the bad. I get you. Yeah, the bad things are happening too good for you. It's also good to look at that and think, okay, what could be the other side of this? You know, be be you know achieving all these great things at the moment and everything going well. What could is could anything else? I'm just looking at things with a different scope of perspective because when that bad thing does happen, you're not going to be too depressed about it. You're going to kind of be prepared in a sense. I really like that because I think you know we all strive for thinking positively, having positive beliefs, wanting to call in really positive things in our lives. And when things are going right in our lives, we want it to stay like that, but that's not reality. And life will always throw challenges and curveballs. You know, there's many, many things that are happening in the world, all around the world. And, you know, there's, there's so many things happening in our lives that can throw us off. And so by understanding that, if we can come from a balanced perspective, um, and I'm thinking being okay with where we are, always having gratitude for um, where we are in any given moment and working on feeling balanced in our emotions and um, being resilient and all of those sorts of things, then we can sit in the middle more and and welcome the ups and be okay with the downs, right? Exactly that. And you, you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head where you said, being grateful, having gratitude in every single moment. And there's always something to be, you know, grateful for. Always. It doesn't matter how bad it may seem, there's always something to be grateful for, you know. Um sometimes we get down about, you know, our bus talking badly to us or, you know, being in traffic, but then on the other side of the world, you got people in war and it's like well, when you weigh up yourself with those guys, like, do you have gratitude in your moment? And then even those people that are, you know, in the worst situations on the other side of the world that are, you know, suffering with war and stuff like that, even they still have something to be positive for, mm-hmm. you know, because there's somebody in an even worse situation. And it's not about comparison. No. It's just about understanding. And the more that you have gratitude in every single moment, you know, the more that that's where, you, you know, that's the highest form of human consciousness is is gratitude, you know? Um, so I suggest everyone does daily gratitude, you know, like at least, you know, every single morning I wake up, I have to write down 10 things that I'm grateful for, you know, whether it's, you know, waking up in the morning, whether it's being able to go outside into nature, whether it's for my family, just find what it is to be grateful for because then what you're doing is you're literally, you know, you're kind of creating neural pathways and, you know, you, you, you're changing your brain because that is what I feel like we have to do as humans. Our brains are so old and they're so made for survival and to run away from things. We have to kind of change the way our brain works. And gratitude is the, one of the, the quickest and best ways for that to happen. Cordell, you talk, you, you know, see on your Instagram and I know all the amazing things you do and, and we can unpack that a little bit more. But helping people to unleash their voice. All right. What does that what does that mean to you in terms of what you do and how you help people? So for me, helping people unleash their voices, just helping people, you know, walk and talk in their truth, to share their stories, to impact other people. That is pretty much, you know, the nutshell and you know the mission of what I'm doing. I want as many people in the world possible to share their truth, share their stories with others, to one, 
help themselves and help them heal and for two to help other people as well because that's what I've been able to do I've been able to share my story share things that I've gone through my knowledge my experiences with others and you know in the process it's actually helped me heal from a lot of traumas I had and you know also I've been able to help so many other people and build a community of people you know that I don't want to say look up to me because I don't want to put myself on a pedestal because I'm not, I'm equal to everyone. But, you know, people that take on what I do to help change their own lives. And I just believe that everyone has a story. Everyone that you see, the bus driver, you know, the guy that serves you in the petrol station, we all have stories. And I always say that, you know, your, your vibe will create your tribe. So me and you could be saying the exact same thing on the exact same stage, Hannah. But one side of the crowd is more relatable to me and the other side more relate to you just because our stories are slightly different and our backgrounds. So it's important that, you know, I almost say that by not sharing your story, it's almost a bit selfish because you could be saving other people's lives. If you've had to overcome something and you're still standing today, that means there's somebody going through it that ain't got that kind of like, you know, that resilience or confidence that you had and you could be helping them. And it's it's um when I see there's quite similarities there in how I help people as well. And um I often say it's it's about moving yourself out of the way almost because your story is bigger than you. It's bigger than you and even if just help sharing it can help one singular person, that's better than not sharing it at all, right? Exactly. Whether that's you know one person or you know two, three people. You know, as long as you're impacting the life, I just believe that's what we're all here for. And I do believe that every struggle that we do go through, you know, there's a hidden order in it. And for you to be able to come out on the other side of that struggle, I believe the true meaning is to go on and, you know, help other people with that struggle as well. Because you're qualified, you know. You ain't got to always go to, you know, college and university to be qualified. You can be qualified in life. You can be qualified through your own, you know, struggles. You've had to work it out and, you know, share it with other people i just think it's so important and don't get me wrong you know not everyone's gonna want to be a speaker but people can do it through different forms whether that's writing you know whether that's through art whether that's through podcasts whether that's you know you being on a stage and you know sharing your truth however that is i think you should try your hardest to figure out the form you want to do it in an express express it in the world yeah so how do you do that with people out of interest in terms of your your business just tell us a little bit about that in terms of what what you what you do yeah so i have a i have a program um i do one-to-one coaching a group coaching and it's all about helping aspiring speakers so the people that come to me kind of already want to be speakers and um, what they just might not know how to so you know they say that public speaking is you know, the, one of the number one fear things to do. Some people even say that it's a lot of people fear it more than death itself. They'd mm-hmm. rather die than go up on a stage and, you know, freeze, for example. Um, so I help people with the mindset of that, like how to kind of overcome those things. I believe there's a hidden science to kind of overcome your fear of public speaking. So I work on that with people and then I help them unpack their stories and then repack it in the way where they can, you know, deliver it with impact and, you know, with, with presence on stage, you know, by creating frameworks of knowledge as well. So things that you've overcome. So it could be your five-step framework to, you know, to entrepreneurship or to start a business, you know. So we, we help people use their story, their wisdom, their knowledge to go out in the world, into their marketplace and become 
thought leaders, industry leaders, or just to, you know, just help people at a, on a one-to-one level. So yeah, I love it. I do love it. And, you know, I get a lot of joy from it. Mm, that's awesome. Obviously, huge similarities there and synergies in terms of the work we do. And the reason why I know you is because you spoke at TEDx Mosley, which was the yeah. event that I was the curator and speaker coach for. And I will say, uh, I wasn't able to watch your talk actually in the auditorium because I was sh- shuffling people around or whatever it was, was I was doing, but I was watching it on the screen. And it was so moving, so incredibly inspiring and energizing. And the audience, the energy in the audience just went, vroomf. you could just tell. And I'd just love to touch on that talk for a little moment because you spoke of some really key things in that talk. And so I'd love to know, you know, just just a synopsis of what that talk was about and what's happened since then for you. First of all, I want to just express my gratitude to you, Helen, because you helped me so much in that process. Um, When I got my TEDx, obviously that's a dream for a lot of speakers. I say that's like the Oscars for like, you know, speakers, right? That's like our Grammys, right? Being able to do a TEDx and to obviously be on a platform like that. So I want to express my gratitude because I was a bit panicky and you just, you know, you helped me and you was like, no, don't worry, this is how we do it. Um, And obviously I was able to watch your brilliant TEDx talk as well to get a lot of inspiration from. Um, So my talk was, um, it was regarding, you know, the the four Ps of, you know, how to kind of like overcome trauma in a sense. Um, And, you know, it was it was a great talk, and I would say that since then, I think having a ten, having been able to do a TEDx, it definitely helps you in your career. Um, soon as I say that, you know, I've seen on TEDx, you know, it, it it definitely makes people want to book you for work as well. So I've been, I kind of like TEDx my speaking engagements since then, amazing, uh, which was which was amazing. Uh, you know, a lot of people as well especially with my coaching as well uh, you know because a lot of people aim to want to get on the TEDx stage one day so it's been able to help me you know attract amazing clients that want to you know share their impact and their voice as well um, so yeah it's it, it's it's just been great and just for myself it just it just makes me know every single day that I'm walking in my purpose and I think that is that is the main thing Exactly. It's completely aligned, isn't it? And, and as you yeah, say, you know, you said earlier, I never put myself above anyone. Yes, I understand that. But also you've got an audience and a community of people who are inspired by you as a mentor, as a as a leader of sorts to improve themselves, to grow themselves and doing something like that. Of course, it's, it's aspiring, isn't it, for, for other people. So you're walking the walk, you're talking the talk uh, for all, the, all those people that you're helping. And I want to just understand a little bit more about your mission, because I know that you I know that you're quite clear on your things like this, just from speaking to you and getting to know you when, when, you, when you were doing the TEDx. What does that look like for you, your mission and what you want to achieve? So I've got two missions um, and I know like the thing is with me, right? Like I always say that people always say, oh, I wonder what my purpose is, right? And you know, what they end up doing is they end up searching for a purpose that's not theirs. And what what people tend to do is they subordinate to, you know, society's values. Mm. So, you know, whether that's, oh, I need to have a, a, a multi-million-pound business or I need to work, you know, in, in a in a performing industry and, you know, get to the top. Like your purpose 
is demonstrated through what you actually do on a day-to-day basis. And people never quite understand that. And I always say, it's your values. You know, what do you value? Your values are demonstrated in what you do daily. So if I was to ask you a few questions such as, you know, uh, you know, what do you think about most of the time? And let's say you said fashion, right? Let's say, what do you spend most of your time doing? And he said, oh, actually, I spend a lot of my time searching online for clothes. Um, I said, what do you talk to your friends about? You would say, we talk about styles. We talk about clothes quite a lot as well. Uh, what do you spend most of your money on beside your bills? You probably say, I spend a lot of money on clothes. Well, maybe then that is your purpose. Your 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 values are high fashion and styles, right? So now it's about turning that highest value, which is your purpose, into a way that you can monetize it into a career, right? And then you could think of a hundred different ways of how you could probably monetize your love for, passion, for fashion, right? Um, so, you know, I always always say to people, my mission is to help as many people on this planet possible, right? Find their purpose, find a way to monetize that purpose and live every day with their purpose. So they live by design and not by default. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that? I'm yes. feeling that, I'm feeling <laughs> that. And you yeah. know, the title of this podcast episode is Purpose Driven Words, right? As you're talking there, I'm just thinking of um, Elizabeth Gilbert keynote talk. I don't know if you, you know who she is. Um, no, she, she's an author. She wrote Big Magic and um, she's written quite a few books. She talks about a purpose-driven life and how some people, they lock onto their purpose early on, right? And they're, they're tunnel visioned on it and they go for it and they, they grow their career through it. Whereas other people are more like hummingbirds where they go from flower to flower, picking up nectar and accumulating their experience, they don't necessarily have that key thing that they can articulate or they can um, visualize straight away. Sometimes it can take time to do that. And sometimes it's it's a collection of things. What, what are your thoughts on that? It can definitely be a collection of things, but I would say like there's there's a hierarchy of values, right? And I always say, you know, your values go in order. You, you like you, like you know, mine right now is teaching, learning, and inspiring. All right, and then it's kind of like family, wealth as well. Um, and people are like, oh, well, why is family so? Why is family now there? Why is family not at the top? However, though, it's it's still in my top five, and you know, I speak and I inspire to leave legacy, to leave impact to leave an impression on people and also to be able to monetize that so I can look after my family too. All right, I just express it through my, my highest way. So I think it can be a collection of things, but if you was to be true to yourself, it's only going to be a couple of things. And don't get me wrong, your values can change over time. Mm. I do believe that, all right? Um, Mine have. Like, yeah, of course, it could change over time. You know, you can, without, you know, if you have got kids and then you end up having kids, you easily can just, your values can change your family straight away, right? Um, so I do believe that, you know, it, that it can be a collection of things, but I would only say between one to three max, mm. all right? Um, if you try to do too many things, I just believe that you're just trying to be a jack of all trades and a master of not. Um, and I do believe, you know, mastery is the best thing to do, all right? Stop dabbling and, you know, start mastering uh, because, you know, that's, that's really important. Because I find that, the, a lot of problems within society and there's obviously there's there's many issues and challenges but a lot of problems actually stem from 
people feeling that they don't have purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And when they don't have that, that can have a huge impact on many, many things. But when they do lock into purpose, it's motivating, it's energizing. Um, you give yourself order, you give yourself structure, you give yourself goals, you have drive. And I've I've lost my purpose along the way in various, you know, things that have happened and getting locked back in, I could just feel it, you know, when it's when it's back. It, it, it there's there's nothing like it, right? Yeah, there's there's nothing like it, and I, I wouldn't say that people don't have a purpose. I believe we all have purposes. We all, it's like I said, it's it's our values, what our, our highest values are our purpose, right? They can change, um, so I'm not saying that they can't, you can't change. However, though, I just think what people struggle with is you know self reflection mm-hmm. um, and, and 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 you know self awareness. They're just not really aware because if I if you were to do a coaching pro if you were to do a coaching session with me and I took you for an hour and I asked you you know a hundred questions, I could get that purpose out of you. All right. And sometimes it's 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 already in you. You're just not aware of it. All right. Because if I ask you, you know, like I said, if I asked you 10, 20 questions and the same thing keeps popping up, that is what we need mm. to be working on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so purpose is already within you. It's just that people are not aware of it. They're not really self-reflective. They don't do the work and sit down and really ask themselves the questions. And also, again, we subordinate to society and other people and we take on their values, right? So we might go, you know, down the road to the community centre and, you know, one of the community leaders there, we say, oh, you should do this. Or you go to your dad's house and she's like, no, no, you should be like this. Or you go to your mum and your dad and they say, you should. Anytime you hear the word should, it means you should not. <laughs> yes. Yeah? You shouldn't. Because I always say, like, if you have to get motivated to do something, all right, like that, Motivation is an external force. It's it's something that you have to kind of push yourself to. But when you're inspired, it comes from within. And you just have to really sit down with yourself, you know, do a session with me or yourself or somebody that's a bit more qualified and, you know, work on what your purpose is because it's already within you. You're just not self-reflective. I remember one time my cousin was not doing the best at school, right? And he was losing a lot of focus around his subjects and, you know, his his mum and dad were a bit upset, but they were saying he's just not he's just not motivated, he's just not it's he's just not inspired at school. But then every single day he would be on his um Xbox absolutely smashing it. You know, he way he would beat me on any game possible. He had a, he had an inspiration that he was inspired to play that. So then what we had to do is we had to say, Okay, so you you, you have a massive love for video games, right? So now what we need to do for you to be a bit more inspired at school is how can we link, you know, the, you your love for gaming into school? So then we looked at all the careers that you could do through gaming. And then we looked at, oh, well, actually for this career to be a gaming designer, you actually know how to write code. You need to know how to write code. You need to know a bit of mathematics. So then we started to link his love That's great. to his subjects. And then what do you think happened? He had a bit more, it was like, because he had a mission now. He knew what his purpose. I love gaming. No one needs to talk to me. No one needs to tell me to do it. I just jump up my computer and I go home. And now we linked it to his school. So now when he's at school with his master's, and he's like, oh, I need to actually be good at this because one day I might want to be a game, a game developer. Whatever you, whatever you do, whatever that task is for you, where you lose track of time and space, where you do it and you're just guarding, you're in the zone. And next week, you know, you're like, oh, I've been here for six hours. 
you know, maybe you need to look at doing that and trying to figure out a way to monetize it. And that might be watching Netflix all day, but people are going to say, oh, well, all you do is watch Netflix. No, it just might be you need to start, you know, pursuing something around filmmaking. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I I wholeheartedly agree. And again, you know, being in the zone of parenthood that I am at the moment with children who are getting older and these sort of developing interests and things like that, that's at the forefront of my mind. Um, and and that example you gave there is just a beautiful example of that. I I just want to say to make it clear: don't let nobody tell you you need to find your purpose because you don't need to find it; it's already within you. You just need to sit down and bring it out of yourself. I love that because I think, again, that answers a lot of questions that Elizabeth Gilbert posed about people having, you know, being stumped because there could be many, many, many things that they're searching for or they're reaching for or people feeling that they have a lack of it. Though it's there. It just needs to be tapped into. Tapped into and and taken out. Just be a bit more self-aware. Yeah. But you see, going to school and going through education and stuff like that, not that... um, you know, I don't want to criticise it, but they don't really teach you how to think. No. All right. They don't teach you how to think. They don't teach you how to be reflective. They don't teach you any of the skills that, you know, reach high potential as a human. They just teach you, you know, this is wrong, this is right. And it's just very plain black and white. And I think that is what we are programmed to. So this is why a lot of people struggle. I've had to do the work. I've had to unlearn to relearn, you know, and it's been a long journey. But right now, I am so inspired and fulfilled with life that, you know, I'm just so glad that I've done the work. And everyone finds it when they need to. But, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to your shows and, you know, you tapped into Helen's network, you are going to start to think, oh, you're going to start to ask yourself those questions. Um, And however it comes to you, just, you know, be aware of the science. I really appreciate you sharing that, Cordell, because... um... You know, I think I think it's it's so important for many, many people. And that's a really way good way to close off this candid conversation around purpose driven words. But before I let you go today, I'm asking all of my guests the same question to finish off. And that is what specific words? It could be a quote, could be a saying, could be a piece of advice have changed your life in terms of maybe something someone said or a quote, something like that. I'd say one quote that really changed my mindset and changed my life. I'm not 100% who it's from again, Mm -hmm. um, but it's don't be a victim of your past. Be a master of your destiny. Mm -hmm. I'm so thick around those words. I'm not 100% sure if I got it fully right, but you know, don't be a victim of your past. Be a master of your destiny. Um, but that's really important because, you know, what we tend to do as human beings is we we go through things and we don't really work on them. So what we end up doing is we end up carrying that emotional baggage through life. And because we don't work on, you know, traumas of the past, what we end up doing is being a victim of the past. Mm-hmm. And what that actually does is you end up resenting the past and then you end up fearing the future. So you're never really truly present with gratitude. So it's really important to, you know, unpack those things and, you know, because all we do when we have trauma is what we tend to do is stack up loads of disadvantages. But to balance that out, it's really important to look at the hidden order of how that served you and start stacking up the advantages so we can balance out those situations so we can actually move forward and be present in the moment as well. I love that. And it couldn't be more apt for your story, your journey, and how there could have been moments where 
the, the past could have done that, but you absolutely have not done that. As you say, you've unlearned to relearn, you've completely changed the script and you're achieving so many incredible things now. Please do go check out Cordell and all the incredible things he's doing because he hasn't mentioned many of the incredible things he's doing. Also go check out his TEDx talk as well on YouTube because that's one to watch. And what do you think about this? How do you feel about purpose? I'd love you to come in on this conversation. Please do share your thoughts online with the words that change lives hashtag or email me at hello at helenpackham.com and let me know what you think. And I'll look forward to the next episode where we talk more about words that change lives. Thanks for listening to Words That Change Lives. Please rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really means the world and helps me to reach more people so that we can all harness the power of our words and change lives for the better. 